Welcome to episode podcast live with me, Rico Ampovan. If you thought this transfer window was probably the greatest ever, we've had that validation now. And Cristiano Ronaldo has joined Messi. And we've now seen two of our greatest players of all times in modern history switch clubs. Who would have thought Ronaldo going back to Manchester United? This just shows how crazy of a transfer window it's been. And he's going to be our subject today. Uh, there are a lot of things to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. First off, looking at his journey at Italy, did he really conquer uh, that country? And then we'll be looking at Manchester United itself. Is it yet another panic buy from the Red Devils? Did Man City trigger them again? Or it's a transfer that if we feel, you know, they do need to be able to solidify their charge for a 21st Premier League title. And that's what we'll be finding out today uh, from our episode and I'll be joined by some a very heavy, you know, panel and uh, agenda list as we do refer to them as. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long pick, but I can tell you that it's heavily Manchester United bass. Uh, we have Edinam who will be uh, joining. Edinam, we usually call him crew. Uh, Mali is also there. We have Lawson, Joey, Ken, Chawe, Owen. The last see Joseph Amankwa, Mason, Joseph Watin, and Banyan. So it's a pleasure to have you guys here. Uh, let me start with you, Owen. You are a, Ron- a Ronaldo guy, and you've been a Ronaldo guy since. Probably the biggest Ronaldo fan in this group. How did you react to the news that he could be returning to Manchester United? It was unexpected. I didn't, it's not something that I could happen. Perhaps because the, the rumors started from the city side. And I also didn't feel that um, the team had, that is United, I mean, had the capability of taking on Ronaldo now. But the temptation of all the sites I've seen Ronaldo at City was just too unbearable. So I understand it was not a planned signing. We don't need Ronaldo, but I still understand the decision the, the team took to make the transfer happen. When you have players like that on the market and there's a very huge chance to sign them, there's no reason we shouldn't take that opportunity. Well, well you, do, you do make an interesting point and we'll come to that um, you know, subject of whether United do need a Ronaldo or not. But let's go, let's get some Manchester City you know, perspective from this. And Amankwa, let me come to you. Do you feel or was there any point where you're really convinced that Ronaldo could possibly turn on his Manchester United legacy and play for the citizens this season? No, from from the one that rumor started, I knew I knew he wasn't coming to the club because the club has already had issues with some of Mendes's clients. And <clears throat> fortunately for Mendes, he has a good rapport with the club because of um, Edison and Ruben Diaz. So 
Yeah, so he has a good rapport, but he has a bad reputation at the club at the same time. And Pep Guardiola himself has already, he, like, he's had his issues with him in the past. So I didn't, when I saw the Ronaldo rumor, I didn't believe it because I doubt, I doubt you, you turn on his fan base, not United, you turn on his fan base because his fan base is bigger than United. So you, you never turn on them. Then uh, you won't do mm. Jao Cancelo agenda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Joseph, what is a good way to introduce yourself? I can tell himself he's had some experience in Syria. And let's go to Syria. And it is a, it's a topic that has divided a lot of opinion. And there's a, a lot more room uh, for subjectivity when it comes to how successful Ronaldo was at Juventus. I think you can look at it from an individual point of view and from a team point of view. But from your point of view, Joseph, do you think Ronaldo was a success at Juventus? Unfortunately, I think for the reason why they signed him, if we're basing it on that alone, which is the Champions League, it was it was a failure. But because already you were stepping into a team that had already won league titles, you came and they continued to win league titles. So, I don't know. The reason they signed him was because they needed to get over the hump. And rather, they regressed. So, for me, it was a failure, the whole signing. But, Bunyan, don't you think that it was more of a collective effort uh, with Juventus not really going further than they expected in the Champions League, rather than down to Ronaldo's inability. Because if you look at the Champions League runs, it was, it was always Ronaldo having to save them time and time again. Yeah, so um, myself, personally, I think um, it wasn't just about trying to win the Champions League. I think Juve saw an opportunity and they decided to take one of the uh, most greatest players into their team just to boost their outlook as a club. And they thought, oh, you see how those um, narratives in football work, Champions League man joining the club, they, and by default, they were already guaranteed um, league titles yearly before Ronaldo even joined. So they thought, oh, with the addition of um, Ronaldo, Champions League man, maybe something magical will happen and they'll win the Champions League. I don't think that was their outright goal. And um, concerning whether it was a success or not, I feel it could have gone better um, considering they were... And that's one aspect I don't like about Ronaldo, right? Um, because of his status as a player, he wants to play every big game. So whether it's the right decision to play him or not, as a coach, you, you are limited. Like, you don't have that flexibility um, with him in your team, right? So I think that's... Um, affected them, and I think they could have done better, even though they are a combination of other factors like the coaches that they had and had to change and all of that. But I think um, without they signing him, they would have likely won their default um, league titles. Mm, so, so Ronaldo played for three coaches in uh, Juventus. Uh, he played for Allegri, he played for Sarri, and then he played for Pelo as well. And then got just, you know, less than half a match uh, for Allegri again. 
uh, in the second return. But l- let me just go through some of uh, Ronaldo's achievements at Juventus before I come to Owen. Uh, he won the Serie A two times. He scored 29 league goals in the, the last season. That was 2020-2021, sorry. And then he scored 36 goals in all competitions last season. Uh, that was just one shot of the 37 that he reached the season before. And in 2018-2019, he scored 28 goals. And he's the fastest ever to reach 100 goals uh, for Juventus. He has the most goals in a single season in Juve history. And he's the first to actually win top scorer in England, Spain, and Italy. So uh, if you look at it from an individual point of view, Owen, I think you can make the case that Ronaldo did enjoy his time in Italy, right? I didn't get that. Come again. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was saying that when you look at Ronaldo's individual records, I mean, I went to uh, a ton of them and you can see that yeah, he yeah, enjoyed, yeah. he scored a lot of goals and all that. From a personal yeah. point of view for Ronaldo, he probably did what he wanted to do. You know, we, we, can, yeah. we, can, we can see that from the essays that he put out there that, you know, you don't get to win everything, but there are personal goals that you do set it out. And when you take away this agenda, do you think on an individual level, Ronaldo really, you know, was a success at Juventus just by what he achieved there. Okay. Um if 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 you are to match that against like like Banyan said, if you are going to match the expectation and the objective, um the generic objective they had for signing him, you could easily say that the signing was a failure. But when you also look at the numbers, the guy will prove to you that on an individual level, he still, he still, I don't even know how that happened, but he still managed to, he still managed to prove that Charlie, even if the team is not meeting its goals, for me, I'm still, I'm still the best there is out there. The the records, the records you were mentioning, you should mention that he did this at 34. 34, that's that's 34, 35, and 36. Right. It's insane. It's insane. We 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 underrate who this guy is. Uh, but quadrilateral. So the, the signing, the signing, this, I'm not done. The, the signing <laughs> is not the signing is not <laughs> the signing is not a failure when you take his individual performance and the numbers he put out for the team. But if you have your own agenda, considering the objective for which they signed him, that's fine. You could, you could say what you want about that. Well, let me get opinions from another Ronaldo guy, that's Joseph. And I think one one aspect that a lot of people, you know, it goes under the radar quite often when we are talking about Ronaldo's time at Juventus, is uh, the influence that he had at the club. Now, personally, I didn't watch that Juventus Empoli match. Would I have watched it if Ronaldo was there? Maybe more, 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 more yes than no. So, if you look at the numbers statistically, you know, Juventus did gain a lot on social media, over 140 million new fans uh, across social media. So, there was some impact, Joseph, and maybe that was what Juventus were really after. Hello, yeah, can you hear me? Hear you. Yeah, I was, I was, I was asking Great. about the, the marketing aspect of Ronaldo. And how you know Juventus might have gained a lot from that side, and people don't really talk about that as well. All right, all right, all right, great, great. I think um, aside the sporting angle of buying a player, you need to look at the commercial side of things as well. 
a guy like um, Cristiano Ronaldo came and uh, like if you look at this, the share price of Juve on the stock market, uh, like it went up. Uh, like if you look at stadium attendances, it's uh, like it went up by like uh, like over five five percent on average, uh, like across every stadium in um, Italy. I I for instance, I was not watching the the league in Italy, but I had a reason to watch because Cristiano Ronaldo was there, and now I I had to watch Ronaldo and Juan Cuadrado in 2020 and, tw- and, in, and in 2021. Uh, like on a normal day, no person is going to watch one quadrado. No person, and that is what Cristiano Ronaldo did for the league. He made us see more of teams like Atlanta. Uh, like nobody would have <laughs> even paid attention to them. But uh, like it was just having that energy that, oh, Christian Ronaldo is there. Let me watch and find out other things in Italy. So, like, on a sporting level, I think Juventus as a team had gotten to, like, a period where it was only natural that they come down or decline. Winning Scudetto's for close to nine or ten years, uh, and like it was only bound to happen, and one man, as in C, as in CF7, could only do enough. And all uh, he came on board, scored over twenty goals, and and was literally one man with ten wolves against Conte, against Lukaku, against Vidal. Uh, and like it was too much, and nature had to happen, and Ronaldo had to lose. So um, his his time at Italy, uh, the fans will remember him for for the match winning goals, for having a chance of seeing a legend on their land. I think we we cannot do without him. Uh, uh, that's what I will say. Mm. Uh, th- thank you very much, uh, Joseph. Uh, but but let's look at, you know, now we have the benefit of hindsight, Joey. And we've seen Juventus two games without Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, we saw the draw against Udinese where, uh, hypothetically, he almost or he maybe got the winner and was ruled out uh, by, you know, just a centimetre or so. And against Empoli, he wasn't there and they lost against a newly promoted side. Uh, Joey, Having seen these two games, do you think that you know Juventus are a better side without Cristiano Ronaldo, like what people say? Or maybe the truth is without Ronaldo, they are actually worse off. Okay, so these two games, I watched I watched it as an investor, and what I can say is Juventus don't have what it takes to go anywhere in any competition, not even their domestic league. It's quite sad because I feel if you if you look at the cali- the caliber of players they have now, you think oh Kiesa and the likes should be able to step up, but honestly they are not going anywhere. I don't see them 
achieving anything. I don't know. Juventus are poor right now, honestly speaking. So I would say they are much worse off with Ronaldo not being there. Wow. <laughs> that, was, that was a bit emotional from Joey. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's speaking on, on behalf of a lot of uh, <laughs> investors. <laughs> I can imagine you thinking of your your Benz managers for a team called Empoli, Empoli to to destroy that. Uh, but I, I think it's a, it's a good time to you know move from Italy and uh, come to the move itself. Now, uh, Amankwa, let me come to you. The value is being thrown around uh, fifteen million euros. 8 million euros in add-ons. Is there is something that makes sense, uh, considering that Juventus bought Ronaldo for 100 million? <laughs> well, I, I, I can't say much, but if you buy a player for 100 million and you are willing to sell him for less than 30 million, it means you, you were very desperate to just get some quick cash from whatever sale you got. And there were reports that Juventus have been trying to get rid of Ronaldo of their ways bill the past the past year, yeah, since twenty twenty. So I don't I don't blame them that they took any quick cash they could get. And that, that cash came from his former side, Manchester United. Uh Edinam have waited patiently enough. And I think this is the best time to bring you in. I know you hold a very varied opinion from what a popular section of the Manchester United fans think of this move. I've seen you rant on social media about not being too happy about this, uh, citing that if the club had this money to spend so quickly, why not address the issues in the middle of the park? Has your opinion changed or could you still throw light on your initial stance? The reason why initially I wasn't that happy about the move is because obviously the club has been suffering in the middle of the field for quite some time now for about three years we haven't been able to sign a competent dm that can run the show or bring the ball out to the defense but all of a sudden we're ready to splash the cash on a 36 year old striker and we already have um cavani mason greenwood and Martial. don't get me wrong ronaldo is way better than all the three players i just mentioned but i'm i'm looking for I'm looking balance, for balance. And it's like right now, United are like um, a Chevy Cruiser is buying a Ferrari engine because, like, how is it going hey. to work? You can't bring the ball out of the back, and you're putting one of the best strikers, <laughs> like one of the best strikers in the. But I don't know, something could change. They just sold Daniel James and got some funds, and I think there's what like two more days for the transfer window. So if they're able to get a competent DM. I don't think the deal will be bad because Ronaldo can also teach the youngins one or two things. I think Mason Good will learn from him. So overall, I don't think it's a really bad deal, but it all depends on how the team is structured. Mm, I like how you ended there. It depends on how the team is structured. Joseph Burton, you've been pro Ole uh, for the past two, three years. Maybe the only person in this group uh, who is willing to die for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Do you still think he's the best man to bring the best out of, you know, someone like Cristiano Ronaldo and the fact that there would be more competition for places, especially up front? Um, you know, initially, 
actually, when I heard about the transfer, to be honest, I was disappointed. I felt it was typical or typical of Man United to sign a player that to get them social media interaction. But then I've reflected a bit on it. And I actually like the idea of Ronaldo coming into the team because he's bringing a winning mentality. This is a team that have been accused by these same Man United fans of always bottling in critical moments. So to have such a player who is very lethal in like high leverage moments in your squad is it's a plus. So even right now, to be honest, I won't even lie. Somewhere deep, deep down, I think United are title contenders just because of this Ronaldo factor. He's bringing some X factor. So me, I'm, I'm all for it, honestly. I really, I really am in favor of this transfer. I've thought about it. It's a good transfer. United by buying uh, like a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, they are they are going for like a philosophy that if you score us three, we we have a Ronaldo who is going to score five. So like it is a more of a, like a word to their opponent that hey, we are not coming to just sit back and watch you play. If you come at us, we 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 have a Ronaldo who is able to score more goals. And I think um, they just need a, like a, a like a max source in the middle and everything is just fine. So this talk of Ronaldo disturbing United formation and things, I think it is uh, like it is not the best of talks, I think. Why is, why is it not the best of talks? I want to hear your opinion on that. It is not the best of talks because, uh, like, if you score two goals against United, they they have a Cristiano Ronaldo up front who will score three and win the game. So, uh, like, a, uh, like, if you have a player like a Cristiano Ronaldo in a team, you are, like, already up by a goal. Yeah, so um, I just, I think Joseph Jobdo, I just wanted to add um, a few words. Um, I, like like um, Eddie Nam mentioned, I, I was also initially not really keen on Ronaldo um, because I did not think, and I still do not think it was a necessary sign-in. Um, but uh, my main worry is not really with the player because I value what Ronaldo will bring to the team, the impact he would have on the young players and then the team in general. But my major worry is on um, the coach, right? Because um, with the addition of Ronaldo, I don't expect Ronaldo or the coach to be forced to play Ronaldo in every single game because Ronaldo wants to play, right? Because looking at the options that we have, um, he should be able to balance the squad and manage our attacking players. Because, well. mind you, we have Cavani, we have um, Ronaldo, we have our young players. Rashford has not come back from injury. Sancho, Greenwood, Marshall. It's actually an overload, right? And um, Banner, for it Banner. to work... Yeah, sorry. Yes, yes. So, like, so, I like, I like the, the reason and where... Like where you're heading towards. I was basically thinking of the same thing, but I was thinking so like right now regarding how he's going to 
um, possibly distort the formation or the selection process. It's always been like a problem with Ole that he doesn't know how to rotate. He has like a group of players, which um, we would call the senior players in the dressing room, which is like he's scared of benching them. For instance, exactly. we've seen Bruno hitting very bad form, but he would never bring on VDB. Or would see would see um, Maguire play about 18 games in a row, and he's never bringing on. So do you think with somebody like Ronaldo who has that competitive mentality coming in, it's going to affect players like Greenwood and Cavani who wouldn't yeah. be able to get selection because Ronaldo would never want to sit down. And I think Ole is also not man enough to bend senior players. Yeah, so that's that's like my main problem because this season, this season, I was hoping to see Greenwood play more in the middle, right? So if we have a player who Ole will not be able to bench, right? What does that mean? That means that first of all, um, we also have Cavani. Ole will want to give him some game time. And we have Green, Greenwood also. That means that it's very likely Greenwood will be alternating between Sancho on the right or swapping with um, Rashford and all of that. Because that spot, there's going to be very little flexibility about, around that number nine spot. And then in the instances where Ronaldo is not starting, he will probably try to play Cavani. Because I don't see how he can play Ronaldo and Cavani. Like so, it's so that's my major worry. It's still my worry. I hope um, this season he will grow some um, confidence to make like the appropriate decisions for the team. Otherwise, it's it's it's, it's going to affect us in the long run. Maybe not this season, but in seasons um, after this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah but Banyan, apart from um, Ronaldo, always. As a focal point, you know Ronaldo can also play a left wing role. Oh, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> what? What? No, let's be serious. Let's be real. Let's be real. We are in 2021. The guy is 36. We have talent so many options better options that can play on our wings why would you want to play someone who is just interested in scoring he just doesn't care about anything except his goals so like it will not help we can't play ronaldo on the on the wings it would really really um affect how we attack it, it, it will not work it will not work so as for the number nine i mean i want to see him only the end you suggesting that oh why can't we play him on the way? I hope you're not trying to say that so we'll play him there and then also play Cavani. Like no, no, you I don't, don't think you don't get me. I think, you didn't, you think didn't allow me to even express myself. You just started laughing. We it's not <laughs> all the time that he could relax. It's not all the time that he could be the focal point. In some games, Ronaldo can actually play on the left wing like he does for Juve. If you really watch his games against them. Um, playing for Juve, most of the time, he was not even the focal point. He wasn't playing like a traditional number nine that you think that he's always going to be on the number nine role. He was mostly drifting in from the left. There's 
there's, even there's so much flexibility around that. You you are limiting are yourself to, to left wing striker, striker, right wing. There are so many things that you could do to make that thing work. You are, you, you understand? I think Edinamo. You know what? Oh, 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 so so I think you can, you, How do you think that will work? It's not like we haven't had options of the left. We we have a left winger who thinks he's a striker. We have another left winger. And we have a left winger who is being forced to play right winger. So, like, right now, even the, if the issue of the left wings, that place is also choked. So, so like... You know, else, you know, United, I think United are actually in danger in a sense because they might have a problem with having too many forwards. And keeping I everyone I think that right now, honestly, Cavani needs to go. Like no offense. Like it's going it's, to be a very tough balancing act. Yeah. This, the, that, that's that's right. exactly right. balance. Because Cavani needs to go first of all, the number seven Jesse, when they remove it from him, he's not going to be happy. That's going to affect or do people think Ronaldo wouldn't want the, the Jesse? Oh, the Jesse there, he claim I'm already. <laughs> 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 they just they came on, but I, I think Cavani will understand. But yeah, Cavani needs to go. Like it's, it's some way. It, yeah. it's, my other problem too, I wanted to also chip in was the fact that currently he's not even able to bench Pogba or Bruno, right? Like you said, he can't bench Bruno and Pogba to his part because when he's now in, especially in the competitive games, when he's playing Pogba, he feels like he needs to play an extra midfielder. Which will not work with the current options that we have. So even so, if he's struggling with benching players like um, Bruno and then and then um, <clears throat> Pogba and Ronaldo is coming to add to the mix, Rashford is here to come back from injury. Then it means that it makes us very tactically inflexible, which is very dangerous because now that if you have so many tactical coaches, you always have to be careful about how you approach every single game. So that's like my biggest worry about the transfer. But if my hope for that if you when you get it, have you have you thought about that? So right oh. now that Pogba is like the default left winger when McTominay is available. What happens to Rashford or Sancho? Well, I th- I think that the, the questions there are a lot, and we do I'm wrapping up to that shortly. But before we go, I just wanted. Uh, one person wasn't spoken to explore a little uh, possibility that could hinder, you know, United's growth as a team with the arrival of Ronaldo. And the last, let me come to you. Uh, the Euros, we saw Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes play together. In the end, one of them was dropped from the team. Do you foresee a possible way that these two can coexist? exist especially because they both depend on set pieces a lot uh you know what let me come back to that on another day all i want to say is that um i don't think um only will bench him because um against a, a deep block or something bruno sees best chance of, of like breaking down a deep block at the same time he wouldn't want to bench ronaldo but on recent evidence Although it's a very small sample, it doesn't look like they can actually play. But let's 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 just wait and see what will happen.
at, at the end of the day, that's all we can do. Uh, we can do all the analysis or the agenda, but uh, we can wait and see what happens. Ronaldo is expected to make his debut against Newcastle at home after the international break. We'll be here uh, to see how it goes. Unfortunately, I say unfortunately because it's bad news for us, Ronaldo's arrival has shifted the focus a bit from Mr. Scary Hours. Uh, so far, the only thing that has been scary is his impact in games. But we'll find time for Jaden Sancho. We're giving him a couple of games uh, to better, uh, you know, sit up and start making some numbers. But that's how we're wrapping up uh, today's show. It was a pleasure uh, having our agendas or agendas. I was corrected earlier. Uh, the last you joined, you heard voices of Owen, Edinam, Banyan, Joseph Barton, Namankwa. Uh, Mali was a listener and Lawson as well. Uh, Joseph uh, had a bit of uh, technical issues and uh, there was Kredjo Chow and Kenneth also listening in the background. A big thank you to you uh, from wherever you listen to us as well. You can follow us on social media at Podcast Live, P-O-G-C-A-S-T-L-I-V-E. And uh, just hang in there because, as I said, or I've been saying, we've done a few giveaways and uh, we've been uh, making sure our followers uh, do live the good life. Uh, so keep an eye out on the Twitter uh, handle as well. My name is Ray Kwampofo. And until we meet next time, remember, your favorite team, no player or coach is ever safe from us.